Hey guys, this is Alana. How are you? I hope that it's been a great day. Hope that it's been a great week for you with your writing and that your word count is totally soaring. I wanted to talk to you today about writer's block. So there are some authors who don't believe in writer's block at all. They're kind of the go-to cliche is like, there's no such thing as plumber's block, or there's no such thing as chef block, right? You don't, people who have just a nine to five job don't wake up and say, oh, I'm blocked. I'm not going to go to work today kind of thing. I take a little bit of difference with this. We're definitely going to talk about stages of writer's block, causes of writer's block. And if you ascribe to the, there's no such thing as writer's block camp, then don't worry about it. If though you have gone through times where you are blocked, we're going to talk about the levels. Sometimes it's not really a block and sometimes it's like a block with a capital B. So I want to start by kind of triaging the types of blocks. One of them might truly just be that you're distracted and you need a tiny bit more discipline or you need to put yourself in a position where those distractions aren't going to hurt your workflow. Quick example of that is going to be that if you are always checking Facebook, for example, you get Newsfeed Eradicator and you unplug your router while you're writing. Some people find good success leaving the house, going to different places. Hopefully, you know, in terms of like lockdown and things, you have a position or at some point soon we'll have a position where you can do that if that's helpful. So, so sometimes that we think of writer's block truly isn't writer's block. It's just you're getting distracted easily about things. Another common, common part about writer's block is if you just get stuck on part of your story. And what I find leads me to getting stuck in my story most of the time is when I expect my characters to behave out of character. So I'm telling Sally that she must go in the car with this creepy guy, but Sally is smart and savvy and intuitive and aware and knows that that would be the dumbest decision in the world. So that's where I find for fiction blocks can come is when you are trying to force your characters to do something in a way that just goes against their character. Sometimes you need to ease up a tiny bit and often when we're looking at a plot hole problem like that and we're looking at it straight on, we're going to just stay stuck. We're going to just be trying to push this boulder that isn't going to move. And so we need to find ways to go around it. So maybe it means you just, you step back for a day. Nobody is going to die for slowing down for one day. Nobody's career is going to end because they slowed down for one day. Sometimes you just need to slow down until you can figure out that way around that plot point. So in that case, yes, it's a type of writer's block, but it's it's a pretty minimal type of block, right? You have a story problem. Your characters need to go from here to here and you don't know how to do it. Whether you are a pantser or a plotter, you can run into this. Some people would say that plotting your book out ahead of time is going to make it so that you don't get into these plot holes. But also sometimes plotting your book out ahead of time means that you're going to assume that your character's going to be one way. And as you start writing that character, they kind of take a life of their own. So I feel like this problem helps like pantsers and plotters. So the answer really isn't switching what you're comfortable with. The answer really is just give a tiny bit of breathing space, see what way you have to go around there. Some people find success by just, if they get to a trouble scene, they just 
get to the end of that scene and then start again and then they fill in the blanks. I don't like doing that, but some people are fine with that. So that's also something you could try. If Sally needs to get from here to here, but she's not going to go in the car with the creepy guy, maybe you step away from that chapter and you start up again by the time she gets to where you needed her to go. And maybe by then you'll find the answer to how did she get there, right? The other answer is just slow down until you figure out how Sally's going to get where she needs to go. Another kind of simple form of writer's block is just if you're really, really tired, right? There are definite connections between how we're feeling physically and how we are able to perform creatively in, in our writing. And so maybe you're just really, really tired and drained. Maybe you're fighting a cold. Maybe you just need a tiny bit of um, grace and gentleness with yourself. There are times that we absolutely need to show up do the work whether we feel like it or not but every so often there are times when it maybe it's going to be best to like go take a nap or do some like brisk walking anything that might get your get your brain woken up a little bit because sometimes we're just tired and that can make it really hard to dive into our our work times another so those are those are like the three simplest types of blocks and i'm sorry if you guys are hearing my dog He's been really, really loud. He's uh, He and my husband are having a, a bark off, I think. He likes to, to fight with my husband. So anyway, we talked about distractions. We talked about maybe you just have a story problem, right? Like some kind of plot hole that you haven't figured out how it's going to get resolved. Maybe you're just tired and need you need to slow down a tiny bit, and that is absolutely valid. The last two are the ones where I think of as more of truly being in writer's block. All right, so one is being just creatively drained. And so I want you guys to always keep in mind just how much mental energy it does take to write an entire novel and just how hard we have to focus to get 60,000, 80,000, 100,000 or more words onto the page. And many of us are doing that like once a month. That's a very, very strenuous job. It doesn't feel physically exhausting, but it is very mentally draining. And so we need to constantly be checking in with our creativity, make sure that we are giving our creativity what it needs to thrive and flourish. I know for me, what my creativity needs to thrive and flourish is a ton of white space and margin space, space that's just for watering my plants or walking the dog or sitting with my journal. It doesn't look productive, but without that time, I am not going to be able to sustain like thousands of words a day. For each person, it's going to be a little different what you need to kind of avoid creative, creative, what do we want to call it? Creative exhaustion, right? So check in with yourself. Like right now, as you're watching or listening, check in. Like, where is your creative energy level? Like, are you at a 10 where you, like, nothing's going to stop you from writing and, like, you hate the fact that you live in a body that has to eat meals every so often because, like, you're that absorbed? That's That would be a 10. One is, like, the thought of showing up and writing a sentence is paralyzing, right? I encourage you to just check in. I like to do this at the beginning of each writing sprint and just give yourself a number. Where are you in your creative energy metric? And it doesn't mean you need to always be at a 10. It doesn't mean that if you're at a two, you shouldn't write. It just is a way for us to practice 
assessing where we're at and noticing where our own creativity is so that if you're normally functioning at like a six through an eight and you've had two weeks that you're functioning at a three or a four, then it would be time to do a little introspection or a little journaling or hop on the phone with a friend, try to diagnose what the problem might be. And maybe what you need is just some creative refuel, right? Watching some great shows, reading some great books, listening to some great audiobooks, things like that, that make you feel creatively energized are what is going to help you when you're feeling creatively drained. And I want to encourage you that it doesn't have to be in your own genre. I feel like for many of us, reading in our own genre falls under the market research category and not under the creative refueling category. You might find a difference in that where reading books in your own genre fills you up and gets all kinds of ideas flowing. But if you don't, it's totally fine to read outside your genre. Noticing your own genre, it's still important, but that falls under kind of the, the things you do for work versus what you're doing for fun and entertainment and inspiration. All right. So lastly, I want to talk about creative block with a capital B. This is kind of the the most, I don't want to say dangerous because I don't like being alarmist and I don't like coming down like crazy strong and negative. But basically, if you're in creative block, this often will be accompanied by a season of depression. It can be accompanied by weeks or maybe even months where it feels impossible to show up. And so I want to talk about some of the roots of that. It's it's way too deep of an issue for us to like diagnose and cure right now. I just want to give you some questions to ask for if you do find yourself in that type of season. The first thing is, is this just part of your process? I believe it was Stephen King. If not, it was another, you know, pretty big name author. And he had this actually very encouraging quote where he said something to the effect of like after every single book he finishes he feels like he's ready to retire because it's taken so much out of him. And he knows that it's just part of his process, that after he finishes a book, he is drained and he needs time to think and plan and muse and daydream. I don't know if that's his process, but the idea is the same. For some of us, creative block truly is one of the seasons of the writing process. If you think about winter, right? Plants aren't going to grow year year long, producing amazing foliage year round, unless they're in very specific climates and, and parts of the year, okay? So if you are more of a seasonal writer, then it's possible that this season of block is not big and scary and dangerous. It's just part of the process. And it can be frustrating. It can be annoying. As an author, you might become very overdramatic and do the, like, I'm never going to write another book again and my life is over. And then eventually you go through enough of these seasons that you realize winter always leads to spring and that more ideas are going to flow. A really good thing to remind yourself of is like, you're never going to run out of ideas, right? You might be out of energy right now, but you're never, never, never going to be out of ideas. So let's talk though, if, if you're not a seasonal author and you truly are and, and this season of block isn't just part of the ebb and flow of your creative process, all right? Let's talk about some of the other things that are going to maybe be contributing 
to this creative block with a capital B, right? I'm not talking about the times when you're tired, not talking about the times when you're distracted, not talking about the times when you just don't know what's going to happen next in your story. I'm talking about the times where you literally don't know where you're going to find the energy to show up and write a single sentence, okay? So one of the things that can lead to this is just some sort of fear, and it might be a very subconscious fear, but most of us, as we work our way through kind of the ladder of success as authors, we end up having to kind of work through different success blocks. So maybe you've got this fear that if you start selling even more books and writing even more books that you're going to lose your privacy or that money is going to cause friction between you and your significant other or you're going to be too stressed because you're going to have too much pressure on you. There are ways that we feel scared of reaching the next level of success, even if we don't consciously acknowledge it. So that could be one of the things. Is there some kind of fear holding you back? And maybe it's even fear about what you feel called to write. There are certain genres. There are certain subplots that I approach with fear. And I actually, I love that about my creative process because I am creatively willing to take a lot of risks and that can be very scary. And I feel like just like you wouldn't shove a kid who's terrified of the dentist and just strap him down into the chair and say, you're going to do this today. You need to be gentle with yourself as you work through what might be kind of creative fear or fear of success or something like that. Another thing, and it's going to sound pretty bad if this is you, but some of us, we bring a sense of kind of passive aggression into our writing. Let me talk for myself. When I have friction in my very, very close relationships, sometimes what I want to do to make the other person feel bad for making me feel bad is to say, well, fine, I'm just going to be so stressed out that I'm not going to write at all. And that's going to show you. And that can for sure turn into kind of a self-sabotage. Another type of kind of common self-sabotage is if you just don't feel like you deserve success. Maybe you don't feel like you deserve to be happy. Maybe you're super close to someone who hates their job and is envious of the fact that you get to stay home and write and pursue a lifelong dream. And so somehow you're kind of consciously or subconsciously sabotaging your own success because of this awkward relationship. I don't have quick and easy answers for those things, but sometimes even just noticing that that's what you're doing can be helpful. So if you have a tendency, like every time you get in a fight with your spouse, you can't write for a week, is part of it? Yes, I recognize many of us don't write well when there's stress, and sometimes we need to just be okay with that side of our creative process. But is there part of you that's saying, well, if I don't write for a week, then my spouse is going to feel bad for making me feel bad. I'm not saying we all do this. I'm not saying this is the cause of all creative block, but it's a question to ask yourself. It could even turn into like passive aggression toward toward the world. Amazon didn't sell my last book very well, so I'm just not going to write the next one. And it sounds petty, but sometimes we, we have these deep-seated things. And sometimes we don't want to admit them because we're afraid to sound petty, but it's better to acknowledge that that's where we are and then to just kind of take care of the issue, again, slowly and gently. Um, another real common block I think I mentioned already is just if you feel like you're not worthy of success and that's for sure going to hold you down so the more you can learn about your own mindset blocks the things that are subconsciously holding you back the more you can kind of work your way through 
these seasons of block. And I encourage you, if you're in a season of block right now, again, be gentle with yourself. Do the amount of work that you can in our discussion about writers with depression. The kind of takeaway was do what you have the energy to do on any given day and make that your promise to yourself. On any given day, you are going to show up and do what you are able to do and you are going to function at 100% of your capacity, even if that functioning is way less than what you're used to. But be gentle with yourself. Recognize sometimes we just work through these seasons, right? Like striving more and having a ton of angst doesn't make winter end and spring come, right? Sitting down, bundling up with that blanket by the fireplace and drinking hot cocoa, that's a nice way to enjoy winter. So maybe this is an invitation for you to just, again, focus on filling up your creativity. Everybody's situation is going to be unique. Everybody's cause of block is going to be unique. Some people at least claim to never be blocked at all because writer's block doesn't exist. And if that's the case, God bless you and keep on working really, really hard. And just remember to, to take care of yourself, take care of your creativity, take care of your health, your muse, all of those things. Get good sleep and we will talk to you guys next time. This is Alana and you have been listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. I hope today's episode was encouraging and informative for you to help you level up in your author career. If you want more ongoing support for your marketing, your productivity, and your mindset, please join me and New York Times bestselling author and my teaching bestie, Melissa Storm, in our Patreon Writing Cave We've got daily videos, we've got live group chats and sprints and everything you need to increase both your marketing and your productivity for your books. You can find out more and join us starting at the $10 a month level at patreon.com slash writing cave. Thanks again for listening. Have a fabulous day.